I'll say something from my experience, Cohen, and my experience is nothing related to your one. I'm talking about be- beyond the amateur experience, which is a corporate fighting. And um, I must say that most fighting thing it is for me, uh, it was, I apologize, was walking in that ring. Mm. And, you know, when you're surrounded, that's a corporate fighter, right? You know what I mean? And there's thousands of people there in suits and everybody, all the girls dress nice and everybody's half and semi-drunk, you know what I mean? Half naked, whatever it is, like people are crazy. But the moment, everything is okay till you don't walk to the ring, right? Mm. And then the ropes come up, you know what I mean? And then you say, say you know, the last thing you see in the, the ring girl walks there and the coach says, bye, you can hear it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, but then I think, fear, anxiety, overwhelm. And that's my experience. But tell me something, Cohen. How challenging it is for anybody to understand that walking that ring, it's a most frightening experience because in that ring, you can't hold the hand of your coach. There's no mom, dad, wife, kids, you know, anybody there except your coach, and he's uh, on the other side of the fence. Mm. So you're inside of the fence in a square with the other guy. Mm. So tell me that experience. What are you going through? Or what people don't understand when you walk inside that ring? Mm. Yeah, it's, tr- it's truly, um, we're truly modern-day gladiators. It's something True. that is very hard to yeah. understand if you've never experienced boxing or, or hand-to-hand combat in some shape or form. But for me personally, at this stage in my career and life, it's a place that I have the most peace. It's a place where, it's a quiet place where I'm zoned in and know exactly where I need to be and want to be. Um, In the dressing room, and the the day of the fight, the days leading up to the fight are those days where the nerves are all over the place and you're trying to keep your head calm and focused and whatnot. But one thing that you have to develop and continuously develop as a fighter, and I think anyone that works under pressure, is how to become comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Um, And using those feelings that most people associate like most, you know, the feelings that most people want to avoid or associate with bad times, fear, um, anxiety, any of these sort of feelings are things that you've got to u- learn to use as, as fuel, as power, you know. Fear is the most, one of the best tools for performance if you know how to l- let it encompass you. And, and So you're not embarrassed to say that you're a little bit afraid? Of co- Any fighter that's not afraid is an idiot. But do you understand how many alpha males here today, when they're watching this video, you know, not just alpha male, but that many lifestyle business coaches are going to say, he's afraid, you know, mm. like, because you're saying something what everybody tried to deny, that fear exists and fear, it's a part of our life. And everybody tried to say like, ah, fear, it's nothing, you know what I mean? Just grow up and everything else. But it is fearful when you walk in that ring and you now admitted today the champion, the true champion, who is receiving the punches in the face and body. So, like, how do you deal with the fear, coin? Mm. And what would your be your tip to somebody who experiences the fear in life, generally speaking? I think there's two parts to it. Is firstly that yeah. if if you if you don't think fear exists, you aren't pushing yourself hard enough. Yeah. Your goals and your dreams and what you're doing isn't hard enough or big enough because okay. you should be fearful. And when I say I'm going to be a pound for pound, I'm going to make the pound for pound rankings at some point in my life. I'm going to be top 10 pound for pound in the world, world champion. That gives me butterflies because it's an extremely big goal. I believe it, but it has to give you me butterflies because otherwise, what am I doing? I'm limiting myself. I'm not believing in myself. And that comes back to our last sort of point. So I think it, it, it just takes a practice, I said, uh, of becoming comfortable in uncomfortable situations. 
starts with simple things like a cold shower. No one likes the cold. No one naturally likes the feeling of cold. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. I'm telling you right now, like, it's like, but that's okay, I'm going to be older, so like, you know, I love comfy things, you know what I mean? I love to be comfy in comfortable things, not, not as you say, how to be comfortable in uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, so it's all mental, it's all yeah. mental. I brought home a bag of ice the other day and I, to, for, my, for my son, I said, come out and try to see how long we can put our hands in this for. And I, I put mine in and I only got to 45 seconds. I, I hate ice, same thing, I hate the cold, but I'm working, it's something I'm working on because I hate it, that's why I go towards it. My little boy came out and he put his in for five seconds, but you know. His, Look it, at the smile on your face, yeah. aren't, you, aren't you proud of your boy? I love it, I love it. Oh, I asked him yesterday, I said, come, he was moving, jumping around, jumping around, I said, come yeah. see how long you can sit still with me. <laughs> I said, just come see how long you can sit still because yeah. I meditate every day. He came and sat for two minutes without moving, which yeah. again, that's amazing. Most Adults can't sit still for two minutes no. without talking or moving. Um, so I think it starts with small things. You want that. You want that bad meal. Yeah. Don't have the bad meal. It's it's as simple as that. We everything that we want immediately is ego satisfying. It's self satisfying. It's something that strokes our little. Oh yes. Oh that feels good. That's that's the opposite yeah. of real fulfillment and real soul satisfying food. It's the opposite. I think those things that give you that little bit of satisfaction, that little bit of pleasure. Um, so I think it's just a process of, as I said, becoming comfortable with those things that make you uncomfortable, realising the things that give you that little ego stroke and that little pleasure stroke yeah. are actually hurting you in the long run. Uh, and it came to me when I was, when I was, run, I was running uh, on Christmas Day and it came to me because I didn't want to run. Why would I want to run? So did you say you run on Christmas Day? On Christmas Day. How dare you? past Christmas on Day. On Christmas Day. Of course. You run. But the most of people are just waking up with a hangover, you know what I mean? And, and they're looking for another meal and, um, okay, sorry. That's it. But on, on Christmas Day, on yeah. Christmas Day, I decided that I was going to stop drinking permanently. Yeah. I was, I was going to give up alcohol permanently. Yeah. And I uh, we went for a run on the, on the morning. I didn't drink on Christmas Day, yeah. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, I just said from then I didn't want to drink anymore. I woke up Christmas Day, went for a run. As I came back from it, it came to me. It's, it's, such a sim it's almost too simple. It sounds stupid. But it, to me, it makes sense perfectly. It's, do what you want to do if you want, don't want to get what you don't want. Do what you don't want to do if you want to get what you want. I said, it sounds a bit funny, but it's very can you, simple. Can you repeat this again? So, so do what you don't want to do if you want to get what you want. Do what you want to get what you don't want. So as simple I mean, as that, so whenever I, when I have something come to me, it's like, oh, I want to do this, I want to, I want to do this, I want to drink, I want to eat, I want to go out with friends, I want to, I know that that's going to eventually give me what I don't want. When I, when I think oh, I don't want to go for a run, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm not in the mood for that. I, I, the switch clicks. I think that's gonna. I know that that's gonna give me that reverse effect as well. It's yeah. gonna give me that upwards feeling. There's multiple facts that the dopamine in our brains and different. You can research into all this stuff. And I think again, like talking about how to find these comfort and discomfort, or how to find a routine, or any of these sort of things. The biggest factor for me is is diet. And a lot of people think of diet as just food, but it's what information we're taking in, it's what food we're eating, it's who we're talking to, it's what we're listening to. Our diet is like everything that we put into our body and our subconscious. So come on, come on, come again. Like this is like a lesson. Like <laughs> if I if I'm dishonest person, I'll just pretend I didn't hurt. Like you know what I mean? I'll let this interview lapse. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. And I said, oh okay, this is what he said. Oh, okay. And then, ladies and gentlemen, do you know what a diet it is? Okay. Then my question for you is what is that dieting for you diet is everything you put into you anything 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 food water people you talk to 
information, what you read, what you watch. That's our diet, our consciousness. We aren't. We are very limited in our belief of who we are and what we are. We have this self-image. We have this person in this body with this brain and I am who I am. But that's not right. We are are consciousness experiencing. So the more... I have a really good analogy for this, actually. Please, show me that. You see Instagram, um, social media... Of course. Algorithms. There's a big... We all know how the algorithms work. The algorithms, you click on stuff and the more times you click on stuff, the more times you see it. Even now, it works so that the time you spend looking at it, if your eyes (laughs) stay on it, it comes up more. (laughs) It is true. It's it's frightening, yeah. It's frightening. It's frightening. And that's how these algorithms work. Our brains work on the same sort of algorithm that the more times you click on something, the more time it's going to appear. Same as I was saying before what you focus on expands. So every time that I click on bad food or I click on alcohol or I click on this, it's not sad. It gives you that little satisfaction, that good feeling. And it's only going to appear more in your consciousness, in your body, in your, in your diet. Um, Every time you say no to that and click on something good, you've now changed your algorithm slightly. That coupled with good sleep and and whatnot, that's how we change our brains. That's how we change our minds. It's, It's all, we are really programmable. Like our minds and our body is really, really programmable. I like what you said. Yeah. I like what you said. Because truth it is, and I come back to this from, from some my life experience. Um, when I was in Intelligence Academy, we had the lady, she's a psychiatrist. And um, we done the, some type of the subject when the um, type of mind control, right? Something. Mm. So it's not like, zzz, it was like it's how to set up the meeting and um, drive the person to give the... Uh, type of answers you wanted that then you hit with uh, some question they give you the reality you know what I mean real answer then you wind up conversation and go and she told us that everything what we're doing in life it's in the numbers which means that uh, we, we are binary type um, binary non-binary type of uh, living creatures mm. which means we sleep, let's go say, 6 a.m., it's an alarm, 6 a.m., we wake up 6 a.m., 6 a.m., we're going to brush the teeth. 8 o'clock, I need to be at work, and I mean, 9 30, I need to watch the news, and uh, uh, 1 30, I'm going to the gym. You know, everything is the numbers, numbers, numbers. And then as well, how many calories is the numbers? Mm. How many petrols of, uh, liters of petrols is the numbers? So everything, what we do, it's the numbers. Mm. And I don't remember, like now, she was trying to explain, you know, properly everything, and I was like, been naughty. I was 25 years old, couldn't give, you know, I just want to go in the field and be the spy, right? <laughs> I should listen to the end um, but the thing is we are programmable creatures and we are not just programmable because the media or social media or somebody else it's in our nature hence why the wars started between 3 and 5 o'clock in the morning because our body is most sleepiest state then so when the business coach says to you wake up 4 o'clock in the morning think about it. now we are programmable you're saying can you expand on this one that mm-hmm. we are programmable. Yeah, definitely. Um, you're either getting programmed or you're programming yourself. Um, this comes back to something I've said to you before. Either you're a creature of circumstance or a creator of circumstance. Oh, man, it's just a powerful image. Seriously, you deserve the fucking book, man. <laughs> no, seriously, you deserve to be on a, on a big screen, honestly. How old you are? 27. 27. Mm. I mean, do you understand the conversation you and I have? The people spending entire their life to learn how to project themselves on social media as a big coaches, as a big gurus, or whatever they want to call them. Just to do mumbo jumbo, blue carbon copy from somebody else. Mm. Yet I have a 27 years old man who sacrificed so much and comes with those sayings and they come from your life because obviously you have a lot of time to think when you be punching your head or when you're running. So 
Sorry interrupting. Come on, continue. That's okay. Well, I want to touch on something then because you just made me think of something I meant to talk to you about when we last spoke is yeah. is, is, is testing yourself. That's but okay. Yeah, you're either a creature of circumstance or a creator of circumstance. Either everything happens to you and you're a victim or everything that happens is because of what you've done and the decisions you've made mm. and then therefore you take control of your life. Red, blue pill, red, blue, red pill, blue pill sort yeah. of stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and most people are so scared of all those feelings. We talk about fear, doubt, shame, all those negative feelings that they won't test themselves and, and take control of their life. They'd rather stay a victim mm. and let everyone else control their life and be able to blame anyone, everyone else. <laughs> That's a, that is a truth. That, that is a truth, yeah. So I think... Yeah, I think um, you know, there's all the, everyone talks about the matrix these days. Everyone talks this what this is whether the whether whatever's going on up there, whatever wherever we come from, whatever else, who cares? Right now we are that is true. We are living in a some sort of thing where you can really dictate your own life. But if you don't, it will get dictated for you. And that's that whole normal person to abnormal person. I, I think. agree with you, but you know why? Because you say something very important about most of people forgetting. Truth it is that ninety five percent of the our life we don't control. We don't even control our own breathing, mm. heartbeat. But two things we controlling. And now this is, I like it what you said about dieting. What I learned when I was the time in the military and uh, intelligence services. And again, thank you to these smart people. I, I think they're still alive, maybe I'm not, but that was 30 years ago. And they told us the two things we can control, it's our thoughts and our actions, mm. right? And uh, this lady that again, the psychiatrist, she said, everything what's happening in our life either comes on our mouth or comes out of mouth. Mm. So the good words, bad words. And as well, she said the three things in life, we living, they're living in our life, uh, then we come back. Number one, it's a words, mm -hmm. time and opportunity. Words we say, you can't retract them. Mm. Time as a most valuable commodity in life, then we come back, and opportunity. And today, you, my friend, going, you 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 make me very humble because 27 years old man you teaching me today things you understand that the value of this conversation is not just for the for for myself but everybody else out there and no doubt there's going to be a lot of those naysayers and you know they know everything because they you know attended somebody's seminar for 50,000 bucks in I mean and uh, walked with the fire and things but the thing it's very simple. You display today the knowledge of the life. And, you know, programming and dieting, it's so related to each other. And that fear. So, in your life, when you face the fears, okay, I'll ask you a simple question. Are you facing some fears for the 12th of March, your big fight? <sighs> yeah. It's funny, though, because... I was just saying to my dad the other the, after the sparring yeah. on Saturday, I said, I need to develop some more fear for this bloke and for this night. I need the fear because right now I feel extremely calm and confident and I've learned that the fear, as I said, I've learned that it's a good thing. I need that. I need You need that to perform. Um, I live I live on a knife's edge a lot of the time, you know what I mean? I, I live on a knife's edge. So I, my, my capacity of fear and my general feeling of fear is probably um, different to most people's. It's not a, I'm not as susceptible to fear generally. But as I said, it's a different emotion for me. It's something that I want, it's something I need to, to switch that 
to switch that zone in because if you don't have a fear of getting hurt or losing then you know what I mean you open yourself to that risk you need to have that little bit of fear I, I think uh, yeah mine so, so, sorry to interrupt yeah. no, no, but because okay. it just com- it comes down to that comes down to something I wanted to discuss was was testing yourself. Last last time we spoke, we we're talking about toxic masculinity yes, yes. and the reason. And most men walk around like this. Yes, of course, because they have natural born killers. Eh? You know what I mean, like <laughs> everybody has the tattoos of the tears on the eyes. Like I just can't even walk anymore. Like uh, exactly. Yes, you yeah. see, everyone, same ta- same every. They, mm. You you can have a look at the person and know exactly where they put themselves in mm. their own head, yeah. and you can tell if that's real or not, by how much they've actually tested themselves. And I think in the world we live in now, we live in a very soft, comfortable world where everything's easy and there is very, very little forced tests. Less and less, as, as even over the last few years, people can work from home now, et cetera, et cetera. Almost there is no forced tests. You know, we've lived in times of war and all these other periods where you have to get tested. If a man goes to war, he's going to know what he's made of. That's he's going to know who he is. And if he's a bitch, he's going to yeah. know. He's going to know and he'll come back and he'll yeah. be in his place now and he'll act as who he is. Yeah. And if he's a warrior, he knows that. And I think that's where fighting, what fighting has given me is like I've always been a nice, humble person generally, I think, as much as I would hope to be at least. But boxing has continually tested me and given me a testing ground where I know who I am and where I am. And if you go into a boxing gym, it's one of the places where you'll meet 10 alpha males, all killers, all savages trained with their hands who will be the nicest people. And if you ask them all who's the best fighter there or who's in second, third, fourth, who, where are people out? They'll tell you. We know. We all know where the hierarchy is and it's completely respectable. There's not this bullshit fake hierarchy of this is the boss and this is the next person in line and this is person and then everyone at work and these normal pl- hierarchies thinking this guy's an idiot. Why is he in front of me? In, in a fight circumstance or in real test circumstance where the fear, the comfortable and uncomfortable situation, all these discomforts get tested, that's what separates the cream to the top and, you know, where the hierarchy is made real because you, it's proved. It's not yeah. just words and talk and writing on paper. It's like, who's ready to kill or die? Like, who's ready to kill or die for this? 